It's time for the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton. All right, welcome aboard, Dennis and uh, Brady, the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports uh, Podcast. Uh, and we wrap up week uh, two. Believe it or not, uh, Brady, at the end of this week, we're already a third of the way through the regular season. That's how fast it goes. I know, and uh, well... We had a pretty fun week, too, especially at the end. Uh, unfortunately for everyone, they saved the, the most exciting game for after we did our reaction show, so we're going to have to basically spend our whole segment on Armada and Yale. That's all right. It, it'll be worth it because I think this was a, a really fun uh, game, uh, and uh, there were a lot of big, exciting plays in it. Uh, and I thought uh, at times both teams kind of flexed their muscle uh, in this game. Yale early, Armada kind of in the, the middle of it. And really, up until the, the very end, you thought Armada was going to get out of there with the, uh, the win, and then uh, Yale just uh, finally made the big play to win it. Well, we'll talk about it because you were able to be there for it. We, were, uh, we both had our eyes on this, which is a rarity uh, with the way we set things up. So we'll probably spend the first segment talking about what has been the biggest shakeup already early in the year and we have highlights we have audio so we'll, we'll get all into that and then top 10 and more some other people around the state are taking notice of some of the teams all right let's get to it every piece of land has a story written by those who work it like the nelsons who cruise around their ranch on a john deere gator xuv 835r with 3,000 acres there's plenty of work to do it's all about efficiency that's how they've kept their ranch going for five generations we wouldn't be in ranching without the gator run with us on a gator xuv 835r and start telling your story Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's locations in Auburn Hills, Badax, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Brady Bean here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Fransic Water Conditioning, your authorized independent Connecticut dealer, wants you to get the ball rolling to better living through better water. It's good to know you have someone in your corner with a full line of whole house and at-the-sink filtering systems. Call 800-848-5150 to schedule your free in-home water analysis and plumbing audit. The best quality water is within reach with Fransic Water Conditioning and Connecticut. Call us at 800 848 5150. Clean by Bachelor has been faithfully serving the Blue Water area for over 25 years. Whether you are commercial or residential, if you need carpet cleaning, stain removal, upholstered furniture, drapery, or air duct cleaning, call Clean by Bachelor at 810-982-7044 and talk to Mike about their aerated foam process that allows carpet and furniture to dry quickly. From pet stains to odor removal to water damage cleaning and restoration, there's only one call you need to make. Clean by Bachelor, 810-982-7044. DuraClean by Bachelor. Hello, this is Tim Sheridan, owner of Sheridan Real Estate and Insurance in Lexington. A family tradition that started back in 1925 with Grandpa Sheridan. Promoting trust, care, and excellence, Sheridan is dedicated to understanding and taking care of all your needs. Respected throughout the community and dedicated, Sheridan is a proud supporter of local activities like high school athletics. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. Dine out with the feel of being at home when you visit the Hogtown Tavern in Melvin. Come for the food and stay for the family atmosphere. Try all of Chef Susie's world-famous homemade soups and sauces. Open Tuesday through Sunday at 8 a.m. for breakfast, lunch, or dinner. The Hogtown Tavern in Melvin also does carry out. Call 810-378-5565. Whether you want a great steak or their delicious fettuccine Alfredo, they have a menu for all tastes with daily specials. So come to the place where no one is a stranger, the Hogtown Tavern in Melvin. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. 
All right. Welcome aboard, Dennis and uh, Brady. And uh, it's really, it's only two weeks in, but the BWAC has, again, been a whole lot of fun so far. How about them Bulldogs? Yeah. Uh, This was certainly, from a uh, spectator's point of view, this was an exciting football game. I'm sure, like, the coaches go over the tapes, and they're like, oh, I can't believe we did this, or oh, I can't believe we didn't take advantage of this. But from a a fan's point of view, uh, I watched the first half in the stands, and I watched the second half in the booth with you. This is just a fun game with a lot of great plays. Yeah, uh, I think. This might this has a very good shot of ending up being our number one game of the year. Last year we got it in week one of football season. And this year the early contender is in week two with this Armada Yale game. Uh it was there was a little bit of everything. Uh there was some some great plays. There was back and forth action. At one point Armada had scored twenty two straight points. Um Yale Looked like they were knocked out about seven different times. Realistically, like three. But still, there were two or three times where if you were listening or if you were watching, you could have said, all right, pack it up, let's go home. And they just never gave up. Uh, Let's just get into the highlights, and then we can talk about it. It's a little long because I wanted to really capture everything that happened in that fourth quarter. But this was two really good football teams trading blows. And we'll talk about the implications from both sides, but Dennis, I I think we're on the same page with that. Jakubiak out of the gun, Griffin to his right, snap, rolls right, Jakubiak looks, steps, throws across his body to the left side of the end zone, jump ball, and it's caught for a Yale touchdown! Bringing it in, Brett Beers out-jumped his defender, and Yale gets on the board first, six Nothing. Bulldogs. Snap. Turns left. Pitches right. Mulberg looking for space. Cuts up at the five. On his feet. Into the end zone for an Armada touchdown. Jackson Mulberg picks up where he left off from last week. We're tied up at six halfway through the first quarter. Second goal from the one. Power formation. Two fullbacks and a deep man. Snap. Jakubiak. QB sneak. Did he get in? Yes, he did. Touchdown, Yale. The QB sneak gets Yale on the board. 12-6, Bulldogs. Jakubiak out of the gun. Twins right, one man to the left. Griffith offset to the right. Jakubiak snap, straight drop, all day to throw. Pump fake wants the deep ball, looking for Monarch, and it's caught in the corner of the end zone. Ryan Monarch looked it in all the way and putting it in a breadbasket. Connor Jakubiak, Yale. Up 20 to 6 here in the second quarter. The junior Pratt leans in. Yale showing blitz. Calling for the snap. Straight drop. Pressure. Throws over the middle. Caught by Keating. He's fighting his way to the end zone. Did he get in? The officials have not signaled. If he didn't get in, it is by a whisker. Let's see. Touchdown, Armada. Oh, boy. That was as close as you can get, Pratt. Snap, turns left, gives it to Dykes. He works into the end zone. Touchdown, Armada. It took them 11 or 21 seconds to go 42 yards, and it is a one-point game. Pratt under center, same heavy formation, two fullbacks with Dykes as the deep man. Pratt leans in under center. Snap, turns right, gives to Dykes, bounces to the outside, wants the corner, and he muscles his way into the end zone, shucking a Yale defender along the way. Touchdown, Armada. Fourth and 14 from the Armada 39. Twins left, twins right. Griffith the back to the right of Jakubiak. Three down linemen. Bulldogs need 14. Jakubiak out of the gun, snap, straight drop, has all the time in the world. Throws a deep ball, far side, and it doesn't get to Monarch. Wanted the comeback, and Monarch got turned around, and Armada takes over first and 10 at the 39-yard line, second and 20 from their own 40-yard line. Well, Yale needs to stop. Two plays, they have to hold Armada from getting 20 yards. 2.48 to go in the fourth, seven-point Armada lead. Under center, Pratt dikes the deep man. Snap, turns, play action. Pratt throws it. It is intercepted. Yale picked it off. Armada was going for the jugular, and Yale counters. Number 15 for Yale. Owen Coates keeps Yale alive. Six yards to tie this game up. Twins either side. Griffith, the man to his left. 
Man in motion, right to left, snack, fakes it. Jakubiak up the middle. He goes to the goal line. He stood up, but he crosses it. Touchdown, Yale. An extra point away from tying this game with 2.20 to go. And Yale is going to kick the extra point. A pressure-filled kick for Jeremy Griffith. He missed the first. He made the second. For the tie, the Holder Monarch. High snap. It's put down. It is blocked. Armada got a piece of it, and it missed wide right. Tiger's still on top. It'll now come down to an onside kick. To stay alive, Yale needs this onside kick. They shift to the left. The run up. The short kick. It is a pile for it. It's hard to tell. Yale saying they have it. They're near the bottom of the pile. Waiting for the official signal. Still nothing. Still waiting. Yale football. 2.20 to go. And Yale just won't die. 45 seconds and rolling. Fourth and nine from the 19-yard line. Yale has gotten up the mat every time they've been knocked down. Down to 35 seconds. Jakubiak has to get this ball inside the Armada 10. Down to 30 seconds. Out of the gun. Twins either side. Ball game. Snap. Jakubiak looks. Steps up. Still working. Throws on the run. Has a man open. Caught at the five. Diving for the pylon. Touchdown Yale. Touchdown Yale. Jeremy Griffith found the opening. Slipped through a tackle. And with 19 seconds left, the Yale Bulldogs take the lead. Snap, straight drop, pressure comes from the edge, Pratt shakes it, throws over the middle, Keating catches it, seven seconds to work, pitches it to the far side, working, number 12, and he's still going up, one second, he gets out of bounds, there's zeros on the clock, there's zeros on the clock, Yale has upset Armada in Yale Park, or was there? The officials holding up the celebration we're waiting, Armada's lining up. And that's the ball game. The Yale Bulldogs beat Armada 34 to 28. Yale wins the pennant. Yale <laughs> wins the pennant. They're going wild. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that's kind of what the vibe was. It was, I mean, that was, I have not been to all but one game at Yale Park. But I have to imagine that atmosphere at Yale Park was as unbelievable after a game as it's been in a long time. I mean, that is that was the one of their biggest games there in a long time, and they won it in such dramatic fashion. I mean, come on. Uh, we'll, we'll dissect it, but Garrett Grundman obviously was very happy with how his Bulldogs played. I talked to him after the game. Here's what Coach Grundman had to say. Here with Coach Garrett Grundman. Just had as about a thrilling of a victory as you can have. I'm just going to simply ask you how you're feeling because you have to be on cloud nine. Yeah, definitely super excited. Uh, you know, it's hard to come up with words with such an, uh, an amazing finish there. Um, we were talking about it as a coaching staff, and it was like uh, Crosel's game last year, except uh, this year on the winning end. You know, we got to, you know, obviously compliment Armada. They are such a good football team and well coached. And, and uh, it was just a, a situation where, you know, our kids just never gave up. They leaned on each other, and uh, they played to the very end, and it was uh, – it was a, a great finish, a gutty performance, and uh, very happy. Well, just some guys, at least from up in the booth, that stood out. Obviously, your QB, Connor Jakubiak. Maybe one or two bad throws, but those were lost in a sea of great decisions, clutch throws, three through the air, two on the ground. I mean, that's a star-making performance from your senior quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Connor's a three-year starter, and he's just, you know, he's one of those kids that you want to succeed because of the person he is. He's just a phenomenal kid. Uh, you know, four-point student, great leader, does everything right. Um, and for him to perform like he did today is, uh, you know, a huge, uh, a huge deal for him because he works hard and he deserves it. 
Other guys that stood out, I thought Owen Coates. Whenever you needed something big, it seemed like 15 was around the ball. Jeremy Griffith made plays offensively, defensive. I don't know how he got so open on the game-winning touchdown. He found a way, but those are two other guys that stood out, and I'm sure you could go on all night listing other guys. But those are two that in the booth I thought played pretty well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, they came up with some clutch uh, clutch plays, and you got to commend the offensive line for giving uh, our skilled kids, uh, you know, time for plays to develop mm-hmm. and things of that nature. And, and obviously, you know, you, you score with 18 seconds left in the game. It's uh, one of those things where you you, you got to look back and, and see the things you did well within your offensive line. And they, they, they had the, the uh, uh, obvious, you know, pass protection was there. They, they, uh, we ran the ball pretty well uh, when we needed to. And, uh, you know, just a, a gutty performance by all those kids together. I'll let you enjoy this one because you have the long weekend coming up, but I know you're probably going to get to work on North Branch, but enjoy this one. I'll bug you about the Broncos at another time. Right on. appreciate it. Thank you. Kind of stoic for as big of a win as he had. Well, I I mean, uh, again, it's kind of new territory for Yale right now. And uh, and I think, uh, too, there's that part of it that, did this just really happen? Yes. Like you, you got to almost kind of want to pinch yourself because you know you've got a good football team, but you really don't know that you've got a really good football team till you beat one of the top teams. And you get your de- the defending BWAC champs, one of the two at home, and guess what? You get the other one coming up this week. But Connor Jakubiak, I mean, that was an electric performance. Again, wasn't absolutely perfect, but Dennis, that was – a big of a senior leader, gotta have it game as as he could have had, and he basically made every throw he was asked to, or made every play in the clutch, and they weren't all easy easy throws. He put some touch on ones, he zipped some more in there. I I was really impressed. I know you had the final numbers somewhere. We mentioned five total touchdowns and what two yeah. hundred something yeah, there. I, I had him for two fifty passing with three touchdown passes through one pick right uh he threw one pick um and they ran a, a trick play that got intercepted too mm-hmm. but that wasn't his throw uh and then um the other part about it is okay so Yale protected him pretty well yes he's good on his feet like he rolls out and he scrambles and he buys himself time when he needs to and he actually rolls out a lot the opposite way usually with a righty you're rolling out to the right he was going to the left a lot and didn't seem to bother him too too much they have good receivers Mm -hmm. um you mentioned Coates Coates had four big catches in the game for uh, over 60 yards well he went interception to put Yale back on their feet and then had the next reception down to the 12-yard line. It was like a 50-yard gain on back-to-back snaps. Yeah. Uh, Griffith caught a couple of passes. He caught a 30-something yarder to start the game and kind of set the Mm -hmm. tone for Yale uh, in the first half when I thought that they were really good. Um, And uh, Ryan Marnark kind of gets lost in all of this, but he had seven catches. He went over 100 yards. He caught a 23-yard touchdown pass in the second quarter. That had the – that at the time too. made it 21 to 6 and everybody's kind of looking at each other in the stands going Yale's winning by 15 points. Right. And then Armada like said Yale's winning by 15 points and they went on a 22 nothing terror. Well, what you didn't hear in the highlights is when it was 14 to 6, Armada was inside the 10 and on a play fumbled into the end zone Yale recovered it. So Armada was about to tie it up, but whether it was bad luck for Armada, a nice play from Yale, it was hard to tell. But they got the stop, and you're right, went up 15. And, well, Armada made it a seven-point game, and then Zach Dyke showed up. Yeah, that, and this was interesting because we had the conversation up in the booth at halftime. Uh, we're like, you know, Mulberg's got 70 yards rushing and a touchdown at the half. How do you tell the kid, nice job, sit down, we're putting Dykes in? Yeah, but and then two plays later, D- D- yeah, D- D- Dyke scores a touchdown. Well, he, he had a forty-nine yard run on his first carry, or a thirty-nine yard run and on his broke first about carry, four tackles, uh, and then scored a touchdown on his second carry. And we're like, oh, okay, <laughs> right? <laughs> I get it now. And he ended up having twelve carries in the second half for a hundred yards and two touchdowns. 
So, yeah, I see why they wanted to put him in the ball And game. he probably broke, like, 2.2 tackles per carry. Unofficially. Well, he's, he's big. He's he, strong. He looks like an offensive lineman, not like a running back. But he's also uh, nimble, and, and he moves. He's like Davenport from Richmond uh, for those couple Maybe years. Maybe not quite that big. But, but, but you're, lo- you're looking at him going, yeah, this kid punts. Oh, yeah, this kid does this. Right. And does, oh, yeah, he, do- he plays shortstop on the baseball. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, yeah, I see why. And it, and it was kind of the same thing with Dykes. Once they handed him the ball and I watched him carry it the first time, I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> right, but Yale weathered the storm. Uh, they So when Armada scored to make it 28-21, there was, what, about nine-something left in the game? And Yale got it at, like, their own 20 or something like that. And they were moving pretty slow. And, Dennis, I don't know if this is true, but it felt like Yale said, this is going to be the last drive of regulation. At least that was the vibe that I got is they'd get a first down, they take 30 seconds off the play clock. They weren't looking for the home run ball. They were looking to have a 15-play drive and score with under two minutes left and say, all right, let's roll the dice in overtime or get Armada in a position where they have to air it out. At least that's what I thought, that down seven points, Yale was trying to shorten up the game maybe at that point. Well, uh, I, I think probably the mindset is, because uh, obviously they have to score on right. the drive. So you take take it when you can take it but I, I do think they're like all right we need to score and then we need to leave as little time left on the clock right. for our made it amount to drive and beat us before it goes to overtime so that's when you heard the fourth and 14 which the play was there they just got crossed up a little bit and so let's go to maybe the most controversial play not in not in terms of the call or not in terms of like officials but the the play call and I think we're in lockstep here. So it was first and 10 Armada after that fourth and 14. First play, 11-yard gain, first down. Second play was a fullback trap that got stuffed at the line of scrimmage, brings up second and 10. Handed off to Dykes, off right tackle, another 12 yards. It wouldn't have finished the game, but Yale would have got the ball back with under a minute left had everything had, it, had Armada gone three and out from that point. There was a holding on that play. Put it to second and 20. And that's when there was the play-action pass that threw, that the interception was thrown on. I didn't mind the play-action pass. I thought that call in and of itself was fine. You just have to understand the situation a little more and know, hey, fall down, take a sack, make it third and forever, and kill another 40 seconds. That's where, I, obviously, the mistake was made. It was, I mean, the biggest one of the biggest plays of the game, yeah. but I did not hate the play action pass as a call in, in as in theory, I guess, or I, on a I, matter of principle. I just honestly feel that Pratt didn't see the defender, mm-hmm. and, and the ball I think was a, a partial deflection. Like the receiver was there too, and and had a chance. I I just think Coates made a better play. Mm-hmm. Um, so I give Coates a lot of credit, and, and in Pratt's defense, and I don't know, I'm not in his head, so I can't see what he's seeing. And we saw the play once live. I just think he didn't see that defender there. He saw his receiver, thought he had the play that he wanted, uh, and that they were n- not only that, because if it works, they're probably getting the first down, or they're really close to getting the first down there. Well, if it works, or, or, or they can pound it with dykes from there and get a first down, that probably does put the game away. Rewind it a week to put away Marine City. They were up two scores, and it was like second and goal from the eight. They ran a play action touchdown. Hooray! Everyone loved it because it worked. So they did it the week before, and it worked out well. This week, it didn't work out. But when Yale goes down and scores, they go for the extra point, and you heard me in the highlights. I was, a, I don't want to say surprised, but I was waiting to see the decision. There was no hesitation. As soon as they scored, you saw Garrett Grunman turn around, put up one finger, say we're kicking this. And after the game, they said it wasn't blocked, but it still looked like, at least in real time, that someone got a fingertip on it yeah. and pushed it. But it, it either way... You're thinking, all right, 28-27 now, and Yale just had this heroic comeback that fell short. And then the onside kick happened, which was a perfect onside kick from, I cut it out of the highlights, not their normal kicker. They had an offensive lineman do the kicking, yeah, which was impressive. You you know, to have games like this, 
You, you, you have to be good. Yes. You have to be lucky. Mm-hmm. Yale was good and lucky in that game on Friday night. Uh, I mean, we, we could replay a lot of those things that happened in this game, and they would go the other way a lot of times. This was a night where it went Yale's way. They took they were able to take advantage of it because even still, they recover that kick. They still got to march the ball half the field in limited time, you know, with, well, with no way to stop the clock. The game-winning touchdown came with 20 seconds left on fourth and nine. Yeah, I mean, and they just lost, they lost the running back out of the backfield. I mean, Dennis, he was so wide open. Like, you saw him turn to throw, and then, uh, you know, your eyes look downfield, and you go, oh, my God, there's no one around him. He's at least getting the first down. And, yeah, curtains. Yeah, and, and that's the other thing. If, if they stop him shy of the goal line, Yale might still get a playoff and score, but they're going to be scrambling. It's going right. to be chaos. Clock is going to stop to move the chains, but they've got to get up to the line, and they've either got to spike the ball or they got to get up to the line and run a play to get those last couple of yards. And it's going to be it. Like, the time's going to run out while they're doing it. Yeah. Um, but once this game was digested all in all, it kind of felt like this was Armada being on the other side of their Marine City win from last year, where – did they play perfect? No, but did they have some breaks go their way? Absolutely, and they played themselves into positions for those breaks to matter, and both teams had chances to finish it off, and Armada was just the, the team that was upset and had the bounces go their other way. That's kind of what it felt like, and for Yale, it was the Crosslex game from last year, but they got the result they wanted. Yep. Yeah, so I'm... It, it, it's interesting that you bring that up because they both have been in this situation just a year ago, and Yale couldn't figure it out, and Armada did, and this time Yale does figure it out, and Armada couldn't hang on and, and get the win or get the stop that they needed. I, again, you, you can go through this and you go, if on this play, if on this play, if on this play. Right. I mean, if Armada doesn't fumble in the first half and they get a score there, Yale's probably has to go for two uh, after the last touchdown right. just to get the game into overtime. Right. What if Yale goes for two and doesn't try the extra point and they get it, and now Armada has two minutes to go down the field and get themselves in at least field goal range? Because Bolin's not a bad kicker. He's probably good. I mean, inside 40 yards, you might try that kick. Um, but you're right. It was Yale's night. Like, they just had the pixie dust. They put themselves in positions to play well. And coming away from this, Dennis, I think me and you both agree, it was just two really good teams playing well, and it's not as if Armada played bad. It was Yale stepped up to the competition and got the bounces they needed to win a, a big-time football game. And now that, uh, now that I've seen them um, and seen them against what I consider a, a pretty good defense. Right. Um, Yale slings it around like nobody else in the BWAC this year. Um, you know, because cause, Croslex is not running the, the hurry-up offense. Right. Espinosa can throw, but they're not sending four wide and dropping back to pass. Yale can do that. They mixed in the run pretty good. The, their rushing totals weren't bad. They, they, you know, they didn't run for 300 yards like – the good BWAC teams traditionally do when they're winning, mm -hmm. but they ran the ball sufficiently and they, they hit a lot of home runs in the passing game. Um, and, and, and they do it more than anybody. And that's where I think they pose the problem for the other teams. Cause I still contend in high school football, it's hard to stop a team that throws the ball well. Especially and, with smaller schools. I mean, you get up D1, D2, yeah, you, you get those teams that have five D1 athletes on it. Okay, it becomes a different story. But you're in the BWAC, you're playing eight, six to 700 uh, kids' schools are smaller. Yeah, they're not going to have as many athletes to do that. Yeah, and, and most of the BWAC teams are big up front, and they're good at packing it in and playing smash mouth. And, and and whoever can wear the other team down usually wins the game. 
but here comes Yale. I mean, they threw a 35-yard pass against a good defense to open the football right. game. Uh, and then they get downfield basically with throwing the ball, and they get a, a touchdown. Um, and I didn't even mention Bears. That was his only catch of yeah. the game was the opening touchdown. So th- they've got, to me, three real good receivers and a running back who's really good at coming out of the backfield and catching pass. He had two catches for almost 60 yards. Well, and his job gets a lot easier when they're worried about, you know, the receivers playing from back to front almost instead of from the line out. And Yale poses a threat. You mentioned they are also big up front. They have the size that other BWAC teams do, and that's what allows Jakubiak to stay upright. Now, is Armada, without a doubt, the best defense in the BWAC? No. Are they probably one of the top three? I think you could make that argument, and I don't think the difference is going to be that big of a gap that there's one team you're going, right, but once you get to Team X, the the passing attack isn't going to work, at least in league play. So this shakes everything up. Uh, Dennis, I we'll talk about our rankings, and while we, I'm assuming we've both dropped our meta, that doesn't mean we think much less of the Tigers. Oh, no, I still think they're real good. Look, um, Elmont hasn't given up a point yet this year, uh, and I still rate our meta over Elmont until I see them play each other. So that and Yale takes on North Branch this week. Yale, this is going to be... A big game for them because, hey, everyone's talking about the Bulldogs this weekend. Everyone was talking about what Yale did and the and the upset. And all right, are they going to come for the BWAC and try to be the seventh different team? I think it would be in nine years to win the BWAC. North Branch is a good team. They took care of MLA City. So we know they're, they know how to put their shoes on. They know how to put their pants on, and they'll be a good team. There is a plausible scenario. I mean, I'm not saying this is what's going to happen, but the cards could fall in week three that in week four, Elmont goes to North Branch and those two teams are playing for sole possession of first place. Oh, and Armada plays Cross-Lex, and that's a game that has, if they beat Cross-Lex, that would make that scenario happen. It would make it possible. North Branch would still have to beat Yale. Right. And Elmont would have to beat Emily City. But... Dennis, that Armada Cross Lex game two weeks ago was not originally on our schedule, and now it is a can't miss game, even after Armada lost. Because, Dennis, I want to see a game where Zach Dykes gets 25 carries, where he plays every down. Because the other thing, you put him in on defense, he flies around defensively. And the other thing it does, a guy like Jackson Malberg now doesn't have to play every single snap. And, oh, maybe his legs are a little fresher defensively. Or, hey, you know, we started the first two ze- series with Dykes on offense. All right, Malberg goes in at running back. Or we take Chun out of fullback. We can put Dykes at fullback. And now you have options. And now you're not as worn down near the end of the season. But I'm going to tell you what, and I'm glad you brought up Chun's name because Chun's a weapon. Yes. He's a weapon. He he catches the ball. He runs the ball hard. Um, he gets limited touches and does maximum damage with those touches. You know what he? You know where he would be perfect, or what he reminds me of? Larry Rollins in Northern's offense, where you forget about the fullback, and just as soon as you do, pop fifteen yard pass. Oh, eight yard run up the middle, and they're never home runs. But you just forget about Chun, and then it's second and nine. You're like, okay, we're in a good spot, and now it's third and one or first and ten, and now you're you're going. We knew to look for it, but they just called it at the right time. Yeah, they 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 use him the right way, and and I do think that he is actually a home run threat. I, I they got some chunk plays right from him in that uh, that game. So yeah, uh, Armada is probably not happy that that one. Got from their perspective, that one got away. They had a touchdown lead, and in the last five minutes of a game, they gave up two scores. They're not happy. Yale's got to be ecstatic that they they pulled that one out, and now they've got to go to work, proving every week that they belong. Yep. You know the job's not over in week two. No, you got our attention. You beat Armada. Destiny's in your hands. Start with North Branch and. 
You look the next three weeks, North Branch, Richmond, Croslex. None of those games are going to be easy because that Richmond team played Croslex fairly tough. There's not going to be any wa- or any laydowns the next three weeks. And you mentioned it at the very beginning of this segment. How do you handle success if you're Yale? Because it's a lot easier when you're the underdog and everyone's telling you that Armada's going to come in and win and, and, oh, well, yeah, Yale's a nice story, but we'll see. Now you've got the target on your back. Now North Branch wants is saying, hey, we're still one of the defending champs, and we took care of business against MLA City in a game that us two yahoos were saying was going to be a close one, and that some of us picked MLA City. I mean, yeah. we were split on the picks in that one. So th- this week's going to be a lot of fun. And, yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll have Armada and Croslex on because, Dennis, that's, that's going to be a war. That's just going to be a knockdown, drag-out brawl. And, and it's uh, the one team that uh, Armada hasn't been able to climb over the top of mm-hmm. during their resurgence. Yep. So, yeah, this will be interesting. And I saw Crosslex on Thursday. Pretty good football team. I think there's a few pretty good football <laughs> teams. And, well, we'll talk about it in the next segment because we're doing – well, no, not in the last segment we do our top tens. But there's some – Teams getting some statewide notoriety. Uh, Mick McCabe came out with his set of rankings, and I got uh, four teams through four different divisions that cracked the top ten. All right. So we'll, we'll talk about them. Cool. Every piece of land has a story written by those who work it, like the Nelsons, who cruise around their ranch on a John Deere Gator XUV835R. With 3,000 acres, there's plenty of work to do. It's all about efficiency. That's how they've kept their ranch going for five generations. We wouldn't be in ranching without the Gator. Run with us on a Gator XUV835R and start telling your story. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's locations in Auburn Hills, Badax, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. What passions do you want to pursue next in life? Do you want to be a sculptor, a volunteer, teach your grandkids to fish? Your Ameriprise financial advisor, Dave Betts, can help you plan for the life you want today and well into the future. With the right financial advisor, life can be brilliant. Call Dave Betts at 810-987-5370. Office is located at 527 Huron Avenue, Port Huron, Michigan. Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc. Member FINRA and SIPC. Mattress King has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years. With locations in Port Huron, Richmond, Lapeer, Chesterfield, and Hall Road, they are the best one-stop shop for your sleeping and mattress needs. Mattress King carries all the top brands such as Serta, Stearns & Foster, Sealy, iComfort, and Tempur-Pedic. Not only do they have the best prices and best service in the area backed by hundreds of five-star reviews, they also offer interest-free financing and no-credit check programs for those with less than stellar credit. Once you get your mattress, they offer free local delivery on all purchases $6.99 and up. When you think sleep, think Mattress King. Preferred Seamless Gutters in Emily City has been family-owned and operated since 1997. In-house employees, when you call Preferred, you get Preferred. At Preferred, they manufacture all components, making them the warehouse. This ensures prompt installation from Preferred's well-trained and courteous staff, serving St. Clair, Sanilac, Genesee, and northern Macomb counties. Give Melissa a call and she'll be happy to schedule a quote. No high-pressure sales, just great service from Preferred Seamless Gutters in Imlay City. Call 800-964-6613 today. Shopping for a vehicle the last two years has been frustrating for all of us. Inflated prices and misleading ads that waste your time and money. Look no further than Jepson Car Company. Located at 5277 Gratiot Avenue in St. Clair, Jepson Car Company is St. Clair County's most transparent dealership. At Jepson, the price you see on a vehicle is the price you pay. No hidden fees or misleading rebates. When you need your next vehicle, stop by Jepson Car Company today. This is Amari Haller. I play quarterback at Port Huron High School. As a high school student, I get to experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region here at Port Huron Schools. The district provides personalized success for all students because each Port Huron School's journey is unique and special. I know I am supported by my teachers and everyone in the district, both in the classroom and on the field. I know they care about my well-being each and every day. Port Huron Schools has prepared me for anything I choose to do with my future. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. 
If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. Welcome back, Dennis and uh, Brady. All right, we'll do our rankings at the end of the uh, the show, but other people around the uh, state are apparently taking notice of some of our teams. Yeah, so everyone knows who Mick McCabe is. He's been writing for the Free Press for about 800 years now, and he comes out with weekly rankings. He does a Super 10 for the Free, and he does each division's top 10, and well, the the Super 10 is almost exclusively Division 1 and 2 teams with one or two others mixed in just most of the time because that's how big it is. So, Dennis, do you want me to go from smallest to biggest or biggest to smallest? Your uh, call. Go, go smallest to biggest. All right. In no surprise in Division 8, Ubley is ranked, but I think they're pretty low. They're only number 6. So they are ranked 6 at 2-0 in Division 8. They have Iron Mountain, Beale City, Fowler, Ithaca, who is now D8, they were, I mean, they were D6 when they went on that run, and Ottawa Lake-Whiteford are the five teams ahead of them. I have no problem with Beale City. I have no problem with Ithaca or Whiteford. But I just think Ubley's reputation, if you're not sure, and what they did to Clarkston Everest, I thought six was a bit low for the Bearcats. I thought they'd be higher, too, because uh, even though I, I don't know that Everest and Lakers – are as good as they've been in the past, their name carries weight yes. around around the state, and they didn't just beat them. They clobbered both of them. Right, and it wasn't particularly close. Um, 92 to 13 combined. And you're right. They're brand names as well, and those 13 I'm almost positive were scored on the second string guys. Or yeah, I know they were scored in the fourth quarter after it was already like 44 to nothing. Right. Excuse me, Dennis. I missed one looking through this. We had a team sneak in in Division 7. Who do you think snuck in at number 10 in Division 7? I just noticed this because usually we don't have a D7 team in there. Uh, I don't know. Who's in D7 this year? The Wolves of Sandusky okay. have snuck in at number 10 at 2-0. and Their wins were nice, nothing, nothing crazy. And we talked about Sandusky, how they can – be 5 and 0 going into their toughest two games of the year. I believe week 6 it's Ubley and week 7 it's Harbor Beach or maybe flipped. Uh if they've you have got it in front of you. They they're at Memphis next, then home to Marlette, at Bad Axe and then it's at Beach and then home to Ubley. So, if they're a, if they're a top 10 team in D7, they should be 5 and 0 going into that stretch with Beach and Ubley, don't you think? You'd think, but uh, that Marlette game is looking like that'll be interesting because they're off to a good start. All right, let's move up to D6, where the Elmont Raiders are in the top 10. Dennis, where do you think they slot in in D6? Uh, well, they got to be in the top 10. Come on. Right, they are in the top 10. So I'll go number eight. They are number four in Mick McCabe's top 10 for D6. Only Kalamazoo Hackett, Gladstone. So I have no idea about those two. But I know the number one team is really good, Warren Collegiate. But the Raiders getting a lot of love early, and I think that is does have to do with their reputation a little bit. Well, I think it's warranted too, and I also think that Mick McCabe is probably uh, going looking at the first win against Marysville and going, boy, they tore Marysville up thirty nine nothing, and Marysville plays in the MAC uh, Silver. They're probably not a bad team, so. He didn't see that Marysville came and played a poor football game. Right. But I don't want to take away from Elmont because I think Elmont's pretty good. We'll talk about the Raiders, I think, a little more in the third segment. Now to D5 in Dennis. There's a team in D5, the team we just got done talking about. The Yale Bulldogs jumped up. They weren't ranked last week. They are number seven in D5 this week. And there's a lot of D5 teams in our area. And Yale's win over Armada impressed Mick enough to put him in the top 10. Because I think people are starting to talk, uh, especially on this side of the state, that Armada's becoming a program. And, oh, lo and behold, here comes little Yale to knock him off uh, at the at the last second. So we, we've got to acknowledge that. Well, I think it's a bit of a domino effect that Armada beats Marine City by 10 or by 20. And so everyone goes, oh, Armada just beat Marine City by 20. That's a significant result. 
and then Yale beats the team that just beat Marine City, and while the transitive property never works, we talk about that all the time, it's still proven you beat a pretty darn good team. Mm -hmm. So Yale gets a little bit of early love. So again, enjoy the, the praise and admiration. You've deserved it, but don't let that be what you uh, – don't let that be your downfall in the next coming weeks. By the way, we didn't mention it last segment, but Connor Jakubiak is our TP Logos Player of the Week for five touchdowns. And apologies to Gavin Troy because on 90% of weeks, four touchdowns and a half gets you Player of the Week. And Thursday night we were ready to just give it to him, but we had one more game, and lo and behold, in an upset win, QB1 goes for – Five touchdowns, three in the air, two on the ground. Yeah, he scored what we thought was going to be the game-tying touchdown until the extra point got missed, but then right. he turned around and threw the game-winning touchdown pass in the last minute. So, so and I and I, if I had to guess, Gavin will probably get one of the next se- seven or so. Yeah. So, but Kubiak is our player of the week. We'll, uh, yeah, make sure he gets his player of the week T-shirt. He's the quarterback for the number seven-ranked Yale Bulldogs in Division Five. So, congratulations to him. Let's go up to D4 and our fifth and final team. Dennis, who do you think it is in D4? I mean, we don't have a lot. You saw them. Cross it's got to be cross-legs. Yeah, it's going to. Where do you think they're ranked in D4? Well, let's see. They've beaten Swan Valley and they've beaten Richmond, so I'm going to put them in the top five. They're number two. Yeah. Mick McCabe has cross-legs as the number two team in Division Four, Grand Rapids South Christian is the only team ahead of them in D4. That's some pretty high praise. Well, and and again, it this is why playing these teams with brands helps you, and right. and especially when you beat them. And in Cross Lex's case, they whooped Swan Valley. That's going to carry some weight here early in the season and, uh, you know, uh, until people figure out where these teams actually stand this year. And I do think that Crosslex is one of the better teams in the area. That's why I'm really excited for this week's Crosslex Armada game because, it, to me, it puts two of our Goliaths right up against each other in the same arena, and it's going to tell us a lot about both teams. Right. Some other notable teams in D4. Uh, they have Portland at five. They're up from D5. Remember, that was the team Marine City beat to get to the state finals. Uh, Goodrich is at number seven. I know they have a pretty good team, but there's not any big. Goodrich gr- uh, whipped Frankenmuth, right. I think. There, there's not many big brand names. No, they beat them on the final play. If I remember, that's, cr- that's that whooping Frankenmuth. Right. <laughs> um, if they lose by more than two points, they were whooped. Carlton Airport is number three. Sault Ste. Marie is four. Portland is five. So that's the top four or top five in D four. And Dennis, there's not a lot of traditionally powerhouse teams in this top ten, at least for D four. Like there's no Orchard Lake St. Mary's, which I believe they're D three. I'd have to double check for this season, but. There's no teams I look at and go, who? Crosslex would have to get through them. Um, so that's it for the teams that are getting in the top 10. Just for fun, other teams that might have tangent relationships in some of the other divisions. In D2, Roseville is number six. Um, after their I'm two actually surprised wins. they're not higher than that with the teams they've beaten. Well, there's some pretty impressive teams in front of them, but they're getting um, noticed and... I believe that's it for uh, really any other teams we need to worry about. I'm just looking through one more time. Flint Hamity is number six in D5. Corona's number four in D5. That's our made as week nine opponent and a possible playoff um, opponent for those for those teams uh, in D6. Looking, no, no one really else to mention as teams to look out for. So five teams out of eight divisions make our, the top 10 in the state. So Blue Water area is repping, out, repping early in the season. All right. Uh, now we'll take a look at how we feel about our area teams when we come back from the break here. Uh, Brady and I will have our top 10s.
Brady Beaton here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Fransic Water Conditioning, your authorized independent Connecticut dealer, wants you to get the ball rolling to better living through better water. It's good to know you have someone in your corner with a full line of whole house and at-the-sink filtering systems. Call 800-848-5150 to schedule your free in-home water analysis and plumbing audit. The best quality water is within reach with Fransic Water Conditioning and Connecticut. Call us at 800 848 5150. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County has been serving the community for over 30 years. Located at 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, overhead doors are the premier choice for durability, serviceability, and hassle-free performance for commercial and industrial doors. Overhead doors boasts a complete selection of performance and safety-tested commercial and industrial upward-acting doors and manufacture a wide array of styles to meet your needs. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County, 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, call 810-987-2185. This is Amari Haller. I play quarterback at Port Huron High School. As a high school student, I get to experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region here at Port Huron Schools. The district provides personalized success for all students because each Port Huron School's journey is unique and special. I know I am supported by my teachers and everyone in the district, both in the classroom and on the field. I know they care about my well-being each and every day. Port Huron Schools has prepared me for anything I choose to do with my future. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. Finding that missing shin guard. Remembering whether it's a home or away game. Getting the right kid to the right playing field on the right day. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. We work with independent agents who keep insurance simple so you can worry about more important things, like not being that fan. Oh, come on, ref! That's simple human sense. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, you're back with Dennis and uh, Brady, and it's time for our top ten of the uh, week through two weeks of the high school football season, uh, Brady. Uh, and we usually start at 10 and work our way up. You want to go first this week or you want I'll me to go? I'll go first this week. Um, the, the bottom spot stays the same. I keep Harbor Beach there. They had a very nice win over Cass City. I picked them to lose. They got the win at home. So tip of the cap to Harbor Beach. I kept them there. And, well, there's the, the bottom two were the easier ones. And then, like, eight through two and, or even one was kind of hard. Well, you you know, um, I had Richmond at number 10 last week, and uh, they lost. They lost by 19. This was a 14-10 game in the fourth quarter, and um, I I kept Richmond at number 10. I I thought they showed themselves pretty well at Croslex on the road, and nobody who was outside of my poll did enough. Right. Um, Mooney played well. But they lost. But they lost. North Branch crushed Imlay City, so Imlay City's not getting there, but I'm still not sold on what North Branch is. Well, I'll know more about them after this week. They have a chance week. Friday night. Yes, they definitely have a chance to get into the polls uh, this week, but I kept Richmond at number 10 despite the loss. Much the same reasons you kept them at number 10. I keep Richmond at number 9. I thought it was a valiant effort up at Croslex. The score doesn't indicate how, I guess, close the game was because what Croslex scored with like 10 seconds left to make it an even bigger margin than it needed to be. I, I like what the way the Blue Devils played, but I will say there's I think there's a pretty significant gap between Richmond at 9 and then my top 8. Either teams above them are going to have to fall out or Richmond is going to have to step up and stun someone to get into that top 8. So... This is where it really gets tough for me is one through eight. 
well, this is where I wish we had more slots because I want to move Harbor Beach up because they did beat Cass City, and I'm impressed by that win. But there was just no place for Beach to go. They stay at number nine on my poll. Well, so we just have nine and ten flipped. So number eight, and I him and Hod, I could switch all this up, but at number eight I have Marine City. It doesn't help your resume when your loss loses the next week. Um, they played Clawson, so they did what they were supposed to do with Clawson, but that wasn't a game that had the opportunity to really impress anyone. Like, Clawson's not very good. So you take care of Clawson, you go, all right, they can do that. They play St. Clair this week, um, but I couldn't really justify with a win over Clawson to move them above anyone in front of them. Okay, I got Northern at number eight. Again, I'm very happy that Northern won. I think by the end of the year, Northern's going to be higher in my poll. But right now, I still feel like they're they're figuring it out. They beat Fitz 26 to 14. I think Fitz is probably a little better than I want to give them credit for. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a road win. But right now, Northern sits at number eight for me. So Northern's at number seven for me. They both both Marine City and Northern have moved down a spot. And that's not through any fault of their own. Just Yale had a really nice win, so they leapfrogged them. Um, Yeah, Northern has got back on the winning track. They should get a win this week against Lons Cruz North. But, yeah, we'll we'll find out in the next month or so what this Husky team is made of and if week one was an aberration or not. Poor Elmont. They've outscored their opposition 88 to nothing. They're 2 and 0. They've done absolutely nothing wrong yet in 8 quarters of football this year. But the best I can put them right now is at number 6. <sighs> this is where it got really hard for me. So, I have three BWAC teams in my next three spots. You could make an argument that they could basically go in any order. But I put Armada at six, and maybe it's because I wanted to punish a loss, and just in principle, I usually punish losses, especially near the top of ten. I know I kept Richmond at nine, but again, Armada, I think, was number two last week for me. They lose a close game, and this Armada team could bungee jump right back up into the top two or three next week if they get a win. But just looking at the whole I don't, I don't even know. I, I, I kind of want to flip it, but I'm going to keep it the same way. Um, this is not very scientific. I don't feel good about Armada at six, but if they get a win next week, they're going to forget about this. They're going to be way in the top five and likely the top three. Yeah, well, with me with uh, Armada, and I don't know how we got this flipped because now I'm going first and you're going second, actually. How uh, did we do that? <laughs> I had Northern at seven. I had Armada at six. So who is your six? My six is Elmont. Oh yeah. Which, which Did you just go back I to back? Said, I, I guess right, I must I'll go, have, I'll go I to, have gone back to back, or, to, or I didn't tell you that Marine City is number seven. For I don't me. think you told me Marine City's number seven. Yeah, Marine City's number seven. So yeah, me, you skipped so. number seven. That's so my, my bad. So who's your number five? My number five is Almont. and this is strictly the eye test. And I know it's easy to look really good against teams that have struggled a bit to start the year, um, but. I think this Almont team's really good. And I know we're talking about Cross, Lex, and Armada. And, ooh, is Yale in the mix? Almont hasn't had a chance to show off what it can do yet. But I really liked what I saw. I think they have some dudes. And the way that they have just eviscerated the first two games, the first two opponents, I put them at five. Now you want to argue Armada's one win is more impressive than both of Almont's wins. Go ahead. I'm not going to say you're wrong. But I put Almont at five just because they look the part and they have some size, and I think this Almont team is going to be right in the thick of this BWAC race. All right. I, I've got Armada at five. They were my number two team, and I've, I've obviously punished them. I've dropped them down to five, but I wasn't going to punish them that much for a loss to Yale especially in a game that they were that close to winning, and I know mm-hmm. they didn't win, but if they had won, if, if one play goes their way in the end, we're arguing that they're the number one team in the area this week. Um, so I just 
I slid them in at five. There's to me, they're still a top five team until they do something to prove otherwise. At number four, I have Yale. It's as high as I could put them after the win. It was a great win, but to get into that top top tier, you're going to have to prove it a couple of times. Um, and you get a chance this week to play a North Branch team that you could argue should be in the top ten. That we'll see just how good they are this week, but. Yale is at number four. I think without a doubt this is the highest the Bulldogs have ever been in any Get Stuck on Sports poll for football. So I like Yale at number four. I think they're very solid. I think they are a team that proved they deserve to be in that top four contention with Armada, Almont, uh, Croslex, and heck, well, North Branch won their first game, so we have to throw them in there. They're the defending champ. But I think Yale has earned this number four spot. They leapfrogged a, a few teams on their way up. Yeah, considering that they were number eight on both of our polls last week, this win catapults them also for me to number four. That's a big jump. I don't think anybody can complain about uh, that. And also in their own conference, Crosslex still hasn't lost and Yale still hasn't beaten Crosslex. So I'm going to put Crosslex in front of them. Plus, there are a couple other teams. I mean, the BWAC isn't the only league out there right. that's got football teams that are playing well. Hence, Yale didn't break my top three. But they are my number four team after an impressive win, and that's an impressive move from eight to four. Ubley at three. They're staying there until, I don't know, there's no one else to put above them. or They're, they're the anomaly. Number three is the ugly spot for me this year. I don't think I'm moving them out of there until and unless a Sandusky or a Harbor Beach upsets them. Yeah, uh, same here. Uh, ugly crushed another opponent in uh, Lakers, 42 to nothing this week. Business as usual in uh, ugly uh, as they continue to just steamroll people. All right, Port here on at number two. They took care of an East Point team that got a win in week one, and it was 35-12, to 12, but they did it in convincing fashion. I, again, I said it on the reaction show. They could have won this game 56 to nothing if they wanted to. But they took the foot off the gas very early. They wanted to get ready for Mac Blue play. And it doesn't hurt that their loss to Anchor Bay, they followed it up with a win at Gross Point South, so Anchor Bay is 2-0, and and they beat the team that took it to Northern, so that helps Port Huron's case a little bit. Yeah, I've got Port Huron at number two as well. Uh, you know, you know I've, I've liked Red Hawk football pretty much since I've gotten into to town. I've always found them one of the more exciting programs. They always have athletes, and uh, Amari and, and Gavin are two of the most fun players to watch in the Blue Water area. So uh, they they handled their business this week, uh, and, and I don't think they're done yet. They've got a big game with Mott this week, and I think they're going to go on the road. I'm, I'm already giving you my pick, uh, Brady, uh, a little early here, but I think they're going to go on the road and get a, a win at Mott, uh, and I'm not sure it's going to be close. Yeah, that's one we're definitely going to have to find out about. But, yeah, we both like Port here on football. Uh, still at number one, Croslex. They got the win. I'm not going to take them down because of that, because of the uh, win against Richmond. But, man, look out for Friday night. I would not want to be the team having to play Armada. I think you're going to get a locked-in, focused Armada team as if you needed any more fuel to the fire for this game against the team that you said it last segment, the one team, the one team Armada has not been able to beat. Look out, but for now, Croslex is number one. And I think you, if you're the Pioneers, you got to play that card. Right. You got to go into this week going, look, these guys can't beat us. You guys are that good. They can't beat us. Uh, and you got to kind of play it that way. And definitely, I talk about the two guys at PH in Amari and uh, Gavin Troy. Uh, they, they've got just as good in Croswell with Espinosa and Grappi, uh, and uh, those two guys, their numbers against Richmond were stellar. They said, look, guys, it's a close game, but don't worry, we got this, and they mm -hmm. took them to the finish line and ended up winning that game by 19 points when it was a four-point game, you know, in the opening minute of the fourth quarter. 
Yep. So just to recap, my top 10 at number 10, Harbor Beach, at number 9, Richmond, at number 8, Marine City, number 7, Port Huron Northern, number 6, Armada, number 5 is Almont, number 4, the newly top 5 Bulldogs in Yale, number 3, that's the Ubley spot, number 2, Port Huron, number 1, Croslax. I've got Richmond at 10, Harbor Beach at 9, Northern at 8, Marine City at 7, Almont at 6, Armada at 5, Yale at four, Ubley at three, uh, PH at two, and Croslex at one. Uh, so from four up, we match. Yeah, and this will be a big week. We'll have some big matchups. Um, St. Clair Marine City is going to be a fun one. We're going to have Croslex and Armada, which, Dennis, you, you're you're calling the audible. You'll be at that one. We're going to send Joe to do Port here on Northern and Lance Cruz North. Uh, I wish we had a, another body to go see Yale North Branch. Yeah, I'm uh, uh, I'm interested to see a how Yale responds after a big win, and b North Branch still remains the one mystery to me because I just I don't I mean, know. Like I mentioned, Port Huron's resume is helped by their, te- their uh, Anchor Bay going and getting a win. Forest Hills Eastern went out and smoked whoever they played, and they scored a lot more than twenty one points. Yeah, so they scored forty seven. Maybe maybe North Branch is better than we gave them credit for. Well, we'll see. Uh, one other, because uh, we don't talk a lot about the eight-man, but Kingston at Brown City is one that catches my eye this well, week. That I, one's I, on, That's on the picks this week. Is it? Yeah. So that's our uh, – because St. Clair and Marine City were playing each other, we had to find one extra game. So we went up to the thumb, and I looked, and I went, that's going to be a tough one. Um, so that one is I what I want to say Peck plays on Thursday this week, too, against Akron Fairgrove. Interesting. Up in so. Peck, so – We'll have the picks uh, on Thursday when we're back. And three games this week because, Dennis, you have Cardinal Mooney on Saturday. Cardinal Mooney on Saturday. And uh, Mooney's the best 0-2 team that didn't make my top 10. Exactly. So anything else, uh, Sean? Or Sean, I was looking at my phone. Uh, Dennis? That's all I got. All right. From Port Huron to Marysville and St. Clair to Marine City, the Blue Water Area is Stuck on Sports.